watch out for those weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos, mister. Welcome to episode four of the Windsor Film Club, the underground club of movie podcasts focusing on the underseen, underappreciated, or downright weird films. I am your host, Raina Cervantes, and with me as always is Madison Fairchild. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, and our other wonderful co-host, Steph Koza. Hi, everybody. I decided to mix up intros this week uh, after our severe technical issues. Uh, like, <laughs> for listeners that don't know, we have pretty much run into like technical issues for an hour straight on this episode. <laughs> the cursed episode four. We shall not speak of it. Oh, th- that's an unknown voice. That oh. might be our guest this week. Uh, joining us this week, you may know them from the Queer Quadrant podcast. Please welcome to the club. Brooke and Jordan. Hello. I'm so excited to have friends now. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thanking you. Bonded through trauma. Oh yeah, technical <laughs> trauma. We no. really did. Yeah, we ready now. Mm, we're thrilled to be a part of the club. Yes, it's always good to be in the club. Yes, welcome. It is so underground that we're not even sure if we can get this ship up and running. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really dangerous to make art, which is something that nobody mm. talks about. Mm. Jesus, you know what? That is a very valid point. You know, <laughs> art is pain, no? Yeah, it's Amen. so true. Like, is it really art if you didn't suffer? Well, do you think they suffered when they made something like Turning Red? Oh my God. Oh gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're bit. suffering now from all the dumbass discourse. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. No, it's no, great. I'm I'm in a mood tonight now because of all that technical <laughs> trauma. Me too. <laughs> so for our listeners that don't know Brooke and Jordan, do you guys uh, just want to give them the elevator pitch for the pod you guys run? Because I'm a really big fan of your guys' stuff. Oh, thank you. So we are a very I'm not a fan big of fan. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm a big fan of you all, even if Jordan isn't a big oh, fan. Oh, I'm a fan of them. Well, but self-esteem, sure, sure. I'm very Yes, important. anyways, yes. Um, yes, hi, hello. Uh, we are the Queer Quadrant. We are two bisexual filmmakers, and every week we talk about the fact that your favorite four quadrant blockbusters are maybe not as straight as you think they are. So basically, we try to evaluate movies that had wide releases sort of fall into this like four quadrant mm. zone um, and, and take a what, look. We're in the fifth quadrant. We are the fifth say. quadrant. The Whoa! Queer, the queer quadrant. Um, because we look at four quadrant movies that are designed to appeal to like the biggest, widest audiences possible. And in the process, they can often leave out a lot of queer representation textually, but have a lot of queer representation subtextually or behind the scenes that happens to make its way to the big screen. Um, so every week we sort of analyze a different film through that lens and look at maybe what could have led to some of the queer themes that we're seeing come through, why they're there, and how the culture reacted to it. Um, however, when we go guest on other people's pods, we usually try to take advantage of a film that we would never be able to cover ourselves. Well, uh, such as today's episode. Right on. You guys you guys have such a professional answer good god oh thank you it's it's, it's almost <laughs> like you've been doing this for a while almost like i have a cheat sheet in front of me but you would never be able to tell in the audio What's medium the cheat sheet? those don't exist i've never heard of that <laughs> no cheat sheets in the club <laughs> regardless their, their pod is great um a little self-plug i have guested on two of their episodes um talking about american psycho and hereditary please go listen to those when you check them out and also recommend that they're that's true they're great episodes um Raina's our least favorite guest. We hate <laughs> Raina. We, we would never invite real. Raina back. Like when Brooke texted me saying if I wanted to come back on, it was just out of obligation and not because you guys mm-hmm. like me or anything. Absolutely yeah, correct, not. Yeah. Correct. No, we obviously love Raina. And I mean, you know, Hereditary was for part of uh, a spooky month that we did on like trans and non binary centric horror movies. We just wrapped a Wachowski's month uh, in January this year. And um, we'll have a pretty fun surprise coming mm. later this summer. We're doing a pretty big epic summer series. Um, so it's going to be good. If you are interested, come on over, take a listen, especially to Raina's Listen, episodes. 
I'm gonna need y'all to stop self-promoting yourselves on my podcast. No, I'm kidding. We're done. We're done. No, I'm out. I'm actually I'm actually leaving the club. I did what I needed to do. I'm gone. This was nice. Love chatting with y'all. Yeah, this is what happens when you offer that we should introduce Jordan ourselves. Jordan is the guy that's at the punk club while another band's playing, handing out flyers, promoting his own band. <laughs> that's not true. Promoting his own little bakery, maybe. I, oh, that's actually what I would do. Yeah, yeah, so you just have to reframe it. Anyway, we're done, but we're thrilled I'm to be here. here. I'm almost tempted to rename this podcast Technical Trauma. <laughs> Please don't. We've moved on. We're better people now, you know? We really bonded, you know? I'm not a better person now, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm actually worse. <laughs> Some parts of my soul have been left. Oh, gosh. My mental health degraded over the past hour of technical issues. <laughs> As if it's not already low. I'm like, I'm already on fumes over here. Yeah. Like, I didn't know we can go lower. But it's okay. You know, there's only ways to go up from exactly. here. That's true. Um, yeah. Speaking of moving on, we're just going to jump right into into what's, a, what's an underseen or underappreciated thing that you watched this week. Could be anything. TV show. Movie. Um, video game. I don't care. Um, we usually do this round robin. I usually pick on Steph first because it always looks like she's zoning out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I'm thinking. I'm thinking because I always forget to to write down what I have watched. <laughs> so I just come up with it on the spot. Um, I don't know if this is underrated or underappreciated, but I the only thing I've watched in the past few weeks is Yellow Jackets on Hulu. Oh shit! Amazing, fucking love the it. The best mm-hmm. show ever, right? I was obsessed with it. I am Nat, and she is me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that cliffhanger though. Jesus Christ! I don't know how I'm oh gonna like survive away until season two. I know it's really incredible. Yeah, I was just like instantly hooked. Also, can I just say that like I love how much mileage they get out of Kiss from a Rose by Seal on that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's great because it's like if you're gonna pay for the seal rights, you need to use the song multiple times and really get your money's worth. Yeah. The poor seal. Yeah. Hey, no, it's a good <laughs> great use of Kiss from a Rose. I wonder how much Seal like charges for that or his record label, because I'm sure he doesn't own that song. It's probably his label. Sure, like a lion share. Yeah. Or a, a seal share, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Is that where you were going with that? Sea lion share. You know what? I told Jordan before we started recording that he had to nail like three puns. And you're regretting that decision now. That was pretty bad. That's pretty good. I'm counting that as number one, but I do expect improvement as we go on. All right. Understood. Understood. Tall order. Regardless, uh, Madison, have you been watching anything else besides Star Wars this week? Haven't watched any Star Wars this week. That's not all I do. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I watched Fresh, the new movie on Hulu with um, Sebastian Stan, and I loved it. I had a really fun time with it. Not, I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Um, and then I'm currently watching Winning Time on HBO, and holy shit, that's like my new favorite show. I love how it's shot. I think it's so... It's the basketball show for anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's really cool because they film it on 35 millimeter and super eight and they switch between the footage and it's fucking gorgeous. I wouldn't say it's underrated because it's the new big HBO show, but that's what I'm watching and I love it. You know what? I've actually never heard of it. So I would say, Oh, underrated. period. Let's go. <laughs> it's so yeah, good. I haven't either. There you all go. Are, <laughs> we're all just staring blank. <laughs> like, what is this? Okay. Yeah, we're not exactly the target audience for like a 70. 70- Sure. Show. Well, <laughs> except for Jordan, maybe. Well, one of us. Uh, kind of the creation of like the Lakers dynasty. Um, and it's just so good, so interesting. And it's like a drama. John C. Riley's in it. It's uh, Adam McKay's new show. So if anyone is a fan of Adam McKay, there you go. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's what I'm watching now. <laughs> cool. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Brooke, Jordan. 
do you guys have any in- interesting watches? Yeah. I Again, I don't know if I would call this underseen, but I have been watching um, Fargo, the TV show uh, on FX. It's a blind spot that I'm catching up on. So I'm still in the middle of season one, but I love anthology shows. I love anything that's sort of like quirky crime, a little bit of like horror thriller in there. Incredible cast. The bench is so deep. I'm currently in the Martin Freeman, Billy Bob Thornton season, which is excellent and very like prototypical Fargo. So I think it like gets a little bit weirder as the seasons go on. It's excellent. Uh, I'm sure everyone already knows that, but for anyone that hasn't seen it, it is really just like crime filmmaking at its best. And it's just so much fun. And everyone looks miserable all the time, which is something that I really enjoy. (laughs) So, so that's my pick. How about you, Jordan? Uh, I have been in deep with the Batman, uh, specifically their animated forms. Uh, I have been like binging my way through HBO Max's Batman like films and like the DC animated whatever. So like your Batman and versus Robins, your Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, your Batman versus Dracula's. I'm having the time of my life. Uh, I don't know. I like watched a lot of Batman the animated series growing up. And then watch the Batman, and I was like, "Well, let's just watch every single Batman thing that's ever come out." And so that's what I'm doing, uh, and I'm feeling really emo uh, about it, and am thriving. So no notes. Wonderful. I actually love that Jordan brought that up because I literally just watched a uh, Batman: The Long Halloween Part One and Two today. A good fucking banger back to back. Yeah, Jordan texted me that I should also the watch best this. of the animated it really ones. Really is to the point that when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, there's no way they're gonna do the long Halloween good." And then I watched it, and like aside from, aside from a little quibbles, I was like, "Oh, okay, that was actually super yeah. enjoyable. I liked it." It's like their best animated stuff outside of like the animated series or like mm-hmm. Mask of the Phantasm. I would, I, I would agree with that statement. Um. But aside from that, I guess technically I've seen something that's underseen because it's not out yet. Uh, but I went and watched uh, X the other night at the new oh, Beverly. I'm so jealous. Um, it is the new Ty West horror film. It is his first horror film in nine years. It's pretty much his big old comeback and like A24's new slasher movie. And, you know, without diving into spoilers, I'm... You know what? I'm going to fucking say it right now. Oh, wait. Ah. No, not a spoiler. Not a spoiler. (laughs) It's like a take that I have on the movie. Okay. I'm sorry I made everyone panic. Jesus, I (laughs) should have not presented it like that. Um, I'm going to just fucking say it that X is one of the greatest slashers I've ever seen. And... Oh, I love it. That is a big take if you know me personally and know how much I love the slasher genre. Yeah. Damn. I've read some extremely cool reviews talking about like how the thematics of the slasher genre are like played with. It sounds yeah, awesome. It is definitely it's like the funniest and most shocking movie I've ever seen. Like you'll be mortified, but then like cackle like after, like going like what the hell just happened? Definitely highly recommended. By the time this episode rolls out, it'll be in wide release. So, you know, if you haven't seen it, get on it. Um I don't work for A24 at all, so I don't know why I'm plugging their stuff. Because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> because it's good. Yeah. We like good art. It's currently BB. at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's only under scene right now. Not underrated. Yeah, that's that's what I watched. Um, And speaking of watches, I think it's about time we jump right into the movie that we're covering this week. Before we do... I need to know, Jordan and Brooke, why you decided to bring this particular movie to the sh- to the club. Uh, yeah. Because we like money. Uh, we do. I'm sorry, I was trying to think of like we a like way. being um, rich, cha-ching, mm. cha-ching. Um, voices, I good voices. Was it you that suggested this to me, or me that suggested it? You, I think it was like a collective. We were. Well, I think it was yeah. probably you, but I mean, it's sort of like a movie that we both love. Collective brainstorm. This yeah. is one of the weirdest movies that i have seen that i genuinely love all parts of the weirdness i would say this is probably like for brooke uh like this is very much like up jordan's alley but like i feel like for you sometimes some things that are a little weirder i like weird you like weird but like it has to have like 
a, a through line I like and weird a narrative arc style yeah I don't like slow weird which is why yes. I think I respond to this movie because it has like yes. a very yes that's what I mean plot. Yes. I like plotty movies I yes and I mean I do love a good hangout movie but like the it's just a more specific and it way. also involves lesbians and also involves crime yeah so well that's the thing it's right a big gay do crime movie yeah. and it's also about how like everyone needs to be held as a held <laughs> so. wouldn't it be so nice to be held <laughs> so it's like what does I, the human touch even feel like anymore yeah i i think it's a very interesting movie to watch sort of like as the world is coming out of quarantine for better or for worse to like mm. consider how much it deals with like social issues and everything yeah. like that anyway there's so much that i want to say about it but i will wait i'm just gonna go out and i'm just gonna introduce this movie from our listeners who haven't been able to put it together the movie of this week is kajillionaire released in 2020 Cha-ching. 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 released in 2020 written and directed by miranda july the film stars evan rachel wood deborah winger gina rodriguez and richard jenkins the film follows a woman's life after it's turned upside down when her criminal parents invite an outsider to join them on a major heist they're planning Released during the COVID-19 pandemic on September 25th, 2020, the film went on to gross $1.4 million. The film was critically praised, sporting a 90% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, where critics said, whether you see Kajillionaire as a refreshingly unique or simply bizarre, it will depend on your cinematic adventurous adventurousness. What a weird word. And fans of writer-director Miranda July wouldn't have it any other way. Okay, who wants who wants to go first on this one? I am almost thinking Madison should lead the charge on this because she texted me right away going like, yo, like in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I absolutely love this movie. I thought that it was such a perfect choice. And our first few episodes, um, our guests picked movies that I love that were like good, bad movies. Like they're old and they're horrible acting, but they're fun. And this is our first film that we've been able to talk about. That's just a good movie, like through and through. Well done. I thought that the acting was fantastic. I thought that I was so excited when I realized it was gay. Like, oh my God. Obviously, (laughs) I knew you guys were going to be in our episode, but I did not like, I didn't connect the dots. And then halfway through, I was like, that's why they picked it. Oh my God. (laughs) Like, um, no, it was so good. And I love seeing uh, Latino queer representation, especially like that's especially close to my heart. Um, And so I just, it was fantastic. It I couldn't have picked a better movie. I'm so glad that you guys picked it. So good. This warms my heart so much, especially since it was a first time watch. That's really exciting. Oh my God, yeah. I feel like July's work is like often like really hard for people to get behind just because she's like super idiosyncratic and like this movie is like very much like just Evan Rachel's voice, Evan Rachel voices would voice uh, like the way she talks, you know, it's like, you got to get behind the hump immediately yeah. or, you, or you're not going to have like, fun mm-hmm. at all. Or, yeah, yeah. You just get left behind in the fucking dust because this movie goes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, I want to pivot to first impressions from Steph, someone who just finished the movie mere hours ago. Yes. I watched this today for the very first time. I had never heard of it. Um, also, I am a huge fan of Miranda July as an author but I've never seen any of her films, which is, I don't know why. I just, I, I'm a huge fan of her, but I just haven't seen her movies. So this was my first Miranda July movie, which was super exciting for me. Um, so I went in with very high expectations and I loved it. I thought it was so weirdly delightful. I, I think you put it so perfectly that it's, it's weird, but it's not like weird in a off-putting kind of way like it's weird Mm -hmm. in an enjoyable way like all the weirdness makes this movie special (laughs) and yes like the the moment that I started suspecting that there was like a little gay romance happening I was like 
is, is that where this movie's going to go? I'm not sure. And then it did. And I was like, yes, we are here for this. I love this. Oh my God. It was so, it was so good. Yeah. I did not think they were going to go for it. Like, I feel like I leave so many movies saying, oh my God, there were gay vibes. They were so gay, but they never go for it. So mm-hmm. when they first started giving off the vibes, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm going to be very disappointed by where this goes. Yes. And then they did it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy right now. So it was just so good. Chef's kiss. Yes. Welcome to the reason that we started our podcast (laughs) in the first place was that exact phenomenon and it's so it's like it's you I sometimes love the surprise of it of being Mm. like I didn't think this was Mm -hmm. a movie with clear undertones because nothing about like the marketing or anything suggests that that's where it's going to go and then it goes there in such a lovely and like wholesome oh, yeah. way that I you it's really like the, it's need. like the whole point of the yeah, movie is like the their tenderness and yeah. grace of like this main character mm-hmm. um it's one of my favorite sort of like holy shit it's queer like explorations that I've seen in film yeah and I feel like having a weird movie I love weird movies but having a weird movie that's also extremely like tender and heartfelt I feel like is a rare occurrence. Usually weird movies are just very out there and kind of vulgar. And I love that. But this was just so like soft. And I love that. Like, obviously there's really hard parts to watch, but the main essence of the movie is really, really sweet. And I was not expecting that at all from this movie. Yeah, even like the darkest scenes, you know, like with the death of the older guy, it's really about like tenderness. And as we were saying, like, it's like a really human movie. And I feel like that's like, honestly, like, Miranda July, Miranda, why can't I like not say words? Um, Miranda July and Mike Mills are like my dream couple and like who I would love to be. Like I will be their throuple. I will be their child. I will be them, whatever. (laughs) But like all of their movies are like so human Mm -hmm. and like care about like people as people, like no matter how weird or whatever they do. And I feel like that's like so much of the thesis of this movie is like, it doesn't matter like where you are, where you come from or your beliefs or anything. It's just like, we are people. And like, how are we as people like able to connect with each other? And that's like such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the way that they illustrate Evan Rachel Wood's character is so, it was so like delicately crafted. Like, I feel like it's very rare that you get a arguably pretty strange character that you feel so much empathy for and like truly are a hundred percent rooting for despite all of their weirdness she was so because she was very unrelatable in most ways but then in other ways Mm -hmm. she was extremely human and very raw and like you could just see the pain that she was dealing with like trying to connect and trying to like understand these feelings that she hasn't experienced or needs to experience and I feel like I'm just rambling but I really liked her character and I feel like it's very rare that we see a character like that yeah yeah especially in that fit yeah oh it's a good fit (laughs) yeah yeah that fit was amazing Reyna what did you think about it I'm gonna burst the bubble here (gasps) oh no unfortunately I loved it no I don't want that shit get that out of here Brooke knew but I just wanted to see Jordan like tense up and like the blood feed just go even harder <laughs> like for a second there I was like mm, but mm. no I wanted to because I it's it is like a weird I don't think it's an automatic love movie which is part of what makes it so good it's it's not very um accessible or super friendly to the audience definitely so not i'm glad we all have a yeah, taste. No, no um just for the record brooke like texted me instantly and was like i did you love it did you love it i just need to know <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully i did love it um i i did find it like a little at first the hump to get into it i was like mm, I'm like, what are they showing me again? Like, come on. But once I got like fully invested in it, I was like, I really love how like kind of tender and sweet this movie is. It's about finding finding love in like probably the least unexpected ways or in what ways you can. 
And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of something everybody needs right now, given the world events. Don't we all want a nice dramatic kiss in a Target? Like that sounds yeah. so fun. <laughs> that is like the realistic, like that is that is the most realistic aspect of this movie for me. Cause I could just imagine my next kiss is gonna probably be somewhere and it's like, let me see your face, and they're gonna pull down their <laughs> face mask and it's gonna be like, Oh, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just need those movies that you can relate to. Although I fully did not expect to relate to this movie but regardless i loved it so much folks do you love movies do you spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them the good ones even the bad ones everyone told you not to like it sounds like super yaki is the place for you the team at super yaki loves movies so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bring you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From bumper stickers that tell the world about your love for the 1999 classic The Mummy, to stylish hats that celebrate the fine works of Nora Ephron. They even have super soft t-shirts based off the internet's favorite collective husband, Oscar Isaac. Super Yaki brings you tangible love letters to the movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki Screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. And for our listeners, you can enter the code SUPERWINDSOR in all caps to receive 10% off your entire order. Let's Let's watch watch more more movies. movies! Do you guys have anything that is like really stuck with you like beyond the viewing of it um like just kind of that factor that like how do i describe this like that that one thing that you keep thinking about that like really sticks with you yeah i mean i definitely do i jordan and i both saw this film i think for the first time when it first came out um Mm -hmm. in 2020 but neither of us saw it in a theater because you know world events um i just saw it on vod and like i think all of us i wasn't wasn't really sure what i was getting into i kind of like knew that it was something i should check off my like watch list uh and i couldn't believe like how much it connected with me and i think like what has really stuck with me is um obviously the ending in general is great but the fact that like the parents are not redeemed at all is something that i think about all the time yes because it's it's this really like amazing balance that miranda july hits where you feel like the parents are these like complicated interesting people who are acting the way that you expect them to. I mean, there's that whole line of like, we are, we can only be the people that we are. Like we we can't, we have to be true to ourselves essentially. And the fact that like them being true to themselves means that there's just absolutely no sympathy for them by Mm -hmm. the end of this movie, but that they still feel like real characters. um, has really, I always stayed with me. I think it's really important for kids of parents that are terrible to see a movie where they don't have to like forgive their parents, their parents, Yes. can be yeah. terrible people and that's what they are at the end of the day it doesn't have to really uh there doesn't have to be a redemption arc for everybody and i think that that's super important for kids that are struggling to find forgiveness and um cope with the fact that their parents are just assholes at the end of the day and um i just i was so glad i love a good redemption arc i was so glad that there wasn't one for the parents and they loved her but not enough not well enough you know what i mean and she was able to go on and find that love somewhere else and that's also super important like your love doesn't have to come from your family it can come from people that you choose in your life because sometimes your family is not going to be good enough to love you in the way that you need. And I just think it was so important and so good that they had it like that in the movie. Yeah, it's like which is like Shazam, I feel like is another one that does it like that, where it's like the mom is not redeemed and like it does that thing where it's like kids need to be scared, kids need to like know these things. And like this movie does like it's not for kids, obviously, but it's as you were saying, it's like tapping into those things. Yeah. I I actually love that you brought up Shazam. Because I remember bringing up that aspect with somebody that, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's good to have characters that like aren't redeemed. Like not everybody in life yeah. is like redeemed. Life is messy. Mm-hmm. Life is complex. When everything's black and white in movies, I feel like it resonates less with me personally. And I think I agree. That's what the best yeah. part of Kajillionaire is, is that there's no black, there's no white, there's no good, evil. It's like 
very, very like everybody's a shade of gray because that's how mm -hmm. everybody in life is. Like nobody's like nobody's like chaotic evil or chaotic good. We're all just chaotic neutral. Well, <laughs> I like yeah. I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. There are some <laughs> there are some chaotic evil but people. For the most part, yeah. everybody has like a shade of gray to them. Yeah, for sure. Yes. I think yeah. No, and I think that like I mean that goes across with everybody in the movie too. It's like you know they're doing they're committing crimes yeah. and like you're fully on board and then they're like scamming their way out of things and like they're not great people like across the board like Evan Rachel Wood whatever like they're all stealing and like even with you know Gina Rodriguez like she's not a great person and like she does a lot of like kind of icky things and like her relationship with her mom is like questionable and everything that's going on there even though her mom's like super overbearing and like the way that you know like so everyone has these flaws to them but at the end of the day it's like not being judged it's like not forcing you to be judgmental and it's not this moral you know speech that i feel like a lot of movies are giving nowadays where they're like everyone is good or bad and there's an, as you were saying no in between and it's nice to have something that feels just adult and mature about the way that it's dealing with emotions mm -hmm. um yeah yeah because it's it's also not cynical in the way right. that no, it yeah. paints everyone in shades of gray it's so like we said it's so tender it's so sweet it's about how you do have to like hold your children and treat them mm. like children and treating them like tiny adults uh, or as your partners in crime is like not a good way but that i love the relationship between gina rodriguez's character melanie and her mother because it's the exact opposite yeah. it's mm. like you're babying your so children overbearing. too yeah. much and it makes the ending it i don't know it just softens it in a really nice way where it's like even though melanie's apartment is completely stripped it's like these things didn't really have an emotional attachment to right. her because they're all from like this place of like extremely overbearing yes. like extremely smothering yeah. like parenting mm -hmm. so it, like it frees them both mm -hmm. when they're left with like just their own devices at the end um which i think is so important too for the love story because it puts them on this like very good equal footing even though it is like evan rachel wood's character old dolio best name ever <laughs> it is her story um <laughs> it's crazy I did you? I know it's. I know it's in the trivia, but did you know that that's like closer to her natural voice than Rules. like apparently her like affected acting voice? It's like the reverse Black Swan thing because Natalie Portman right. has like that really high fragile voice that she had to like lower. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. that's insane. When I read that fact, I was in complete shock. I could not believe that could be her voice just because hearing her and anything else, it's so vastly different. I love that so much. Um, I really appreciate that they cast, I don't know if Evan Rachel Wood is, but that they cast a queer actress. She is. I know Gina Rodriguez is um, because I got sent down a rabbit hole after watching three things in a row where she plays either lesbian or bi character. And I was like, this girl has to be bi or something because I know she's with a man, but she has to be queer. And I looked it up and she is. And it's so nice to see that. I don't know. I just feel like that's, even more rare than getting a queer character is getting an actor that is actually portraying their sexuality in a movie. So I just absolutely love that. And I'm so glad to hear Evan Rachel Wood is too. That's two for two. Incredible. Yeah. So, two for two. so, so good. Bicon. I love it. Yeah. Bicon. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Steph, I know you just barely watched the movie. So I, I feel weird asking if there's anything that's stuck with you because it's all so fresh. <laughs> but is there like an element of this movie that like just really popped or like really worked for you on some level? Yeah, I mean, everything you guys just said obviously is like absolutely the way that I feel. Um, on a different note, I would say there was one scene in particular that for some reason really stuck out to me and I, I'm still like trying to pinpoint why, like I still have this very clear image in my head of this moment, but it was like the moment that I really started liking this movie. And I also think it was the moment that I realized it was going into like a gay direction, which got me really excited. Um, but it was also like, it was a very weird and tender moment at the same time. It was like the perfect balance of weird and tender. If you're gonna say what I think you're gonna say. I'm gonna be so happy. It was when Evan Rachel Wood started removing the fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. It's Let's the go. Best moment. It's the way best she moment. looks at her. I like gave me so shivers. Sexual. I was so like, sexual. oh my god, look at me that way. Hello. <laughs> like, uh huh. Yeah. I just. I'm. I. I loved yeah. that moment, and it was so. It felt so like. Like I was holding my breath watching it. Like it, everything stopped, and it was so slow, and it was just like this weird connection and then there's all these like macro shots of like the nails peeling off and it's kind of gross but like it was just such a weird peculiar scene but so beautiful in the weirdest way and I just loved it and it's just cemented in my mind I think that that is also my favorite scene in the whole film yeah I mean it's like because uh Evan Rachel Wood and Miranda July have both talked about the fact that this is like not just a film about like the finding yourself it's also a film about like gender and like the different ways that we make that part of our personality. So I think there's so many good layers of like the fact that this movie, that that scene is like tender in a familial way, but also in a gay way. And then also the idea that she's like literally pulling off her acrylic nails, like the internationally recognized sign for like, I'm a lesbian. I need my fingers to be free, basically. It would have been been funnier if she only pulled off like the two acrylic nails. And then it would have been like even more obvious. But alas, um, I do I do love like God, so many aspects of this movie. It's just like I went in thinking it was gonna be one thing and walked out with like a totally different perspective of like yeah holy shit. I was like, God damn it, they recommended something good to me. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Hey, hey, hey. Every time. Just on like the just can we go back just like on the nails? I also just like think that it is sorry, then we can move forward, but like it's one of those beautiful things that I think like I love when movies, especially like romantic scenes hone in on is like the small things that make you sort of fall in love mm-hmm. with somebody. And it's like, I think those are the sequences or like moments that you always remember the most or like things that you like remember if someone like passes away or whatever it may be. It's like never really the grand gestures or things, but it's like the smallest of things and like just taking off a nail and like how that is sort of like such a light bulb change for someone is I feel like it's saying so much by being so little. Mm-hmm. Um, that is true. Yeah. I feel like any movie that has a good focus on hands between the romantic couple, like Pride and Prejudice. Um, oh, the blueprint. Oh the blueprint. <laughs> or I'm going to be problematic here. The Last Jedi, the hand touch. I feel like any moment where two Ooh, characters yeah. are like focusing in on the hands of the two people that are falling in love. It's just such a good, I don't know, it's very grounding in a way. And I think that this one was such a good version of that. And it was so close and so tender and so good. 100% loved it. (laughs) It's so good. And that moment, I think, pairs really nicely with um, when Melanie sees old Dolio for the first time and kind of like her tracksuit fit. And basically, it's again, that's that like universally like, queer female moment but even like when, when like, she's in like a suit suit and right. she has like her suit like rolled up or whatever <laughs> right but you know also... like so good but <laughs> yes. you know the exact moment i'm talking yeah, about uh, right yeah. where gina rodriguez is like oh shit like yeah. she's but i'm <laughs> into it it's really good i i love it i i really love that point you hammered home jordan um about it's the little things you notice about someone because like I'll like randomly remember stuff from like ex-partners, ex-relationships that like a smell can bring back just so many like mm-hmm. loving memories or like something can bring back like the memory of somebody who passed away. And I think when it comes to media and especially romantic media, it's always about like the big grand strokes of it and never like the little things like someone's touch, someone's smell or just like just a habit of theirs. That's a very mm-hmm. interesting read, and I, I absolutely mm-hmm. love that, a hundred percent. I would say the the little things. It really is. Yeah, and there were, there's a lot of little things like that. Old Dolio feels like she's missing in her life that like Melanie can give to her. I mean, it's all the you know you've never uh, hugged me, like you've never called me hon or darling, you've never mm-hmm. made me pancakes. It's all these like she feels the void of moments from her parents that she should have gotten that she should be able to remember and especially now like you said like given the world situation of what's going on like 
the little things like that are very important or like now that we're not seeing each other or like hanging out with people we love it's like you realize you do miss those things and how like kind of really important they are to your well-being and this this film makes a really good argument for like the idea that sometimes like treating someone like an equal is not enough which i feel like is a really kind of radical point to make but it's the idea that like old Olio's parents think that they are doing the best thing for her by basically showing like we respect you more than we would respect a child like we want to treat you like our equal from the time that you are very little and like how that's that's not enough yeah like yeah. at any stage mm-hmm. it's about like how your relationships need to evolve as a parent like as yes. parents like you can't be like a child always or you can't always be a partner there has to be like an actual parenting mm-hmm. to yeah. then have that growth yeah definitely Hundred percent, hundred percent. I actually love like how on base we all are with each other. I'm like, wow, this is going <laughs> smooth. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. I think like obviously Miranda July is like incredibly talented, but I feel like there's a real clarity of vision <laughs> um, to this, and it's like so specific, like we said, like but so universal at the same time. And I feel like it's very impressive because it makes sense to me that like Miranda July is also an author who wrote this movie because it sort of feels like it was adapted from a book that doesn't exist because it's so specific in such a weird Mm. way like who i'm gonna i disagree you disagree i'm I'm thinking about like who decided that like her name should be old dolio and like that they live in this weird like laundromat adjacent place like it feels like all these little details i don't know just like from my perspective that Mm. i would expect to find in a novel where that sort of stuff is like much less policed than it is on screen um, because the details are so weird and specific. But Jordan, now I want to hear your counter. No, I feel like it just feels like I, I almost the opposite where it's like, it's, it feels to me like something you could only see on screen. If that makes sense. Like that's true. I, here we go. Mm -hmm. go. No, but it's just because it's like just knowing her films and like knowing like sort of like this sort of indie film, like this coming out at Sundance, like this feels very much like an indie through Sundance that like clear, small town like it's a very la movie great like it feels like Mm -hmm. so because it is so hyper specific and like the visual language that she uses Mm -hmm. like the soap sort of coming down the walls like it feels like something you could only like it's like feels like something like a music video almost that's like then if you want to like explore that you know versus like i'm having a hard like i just can't picture reading it versus just like that's sort of a, like seeing it that's if a that very makes sense. interesting point i don't know i totally see you i feel i just like don't because i couldn't I see the novel that there are certain people out there i'm not saying me i'm saying that there are certain people out there whose imagination isn't vivid enough that if it was on a page you wouldn't get the same type of like visuals or characterization wow. really? <laughs> no <laughs> No, I'm not saying. I that. just I'm, feel like it's. Like, I know. Like, I'm I'm fucking with you. I'm sorry. Siding with you. What do you? What do you want? I know. I know. I feel like it just. The listen. The only reason that I bring that up is I think like the the specific details for me feel very much in that like yeah. oh Tessa it's Mosh thing, Eliza Clark weird like women being figuring out like who they are type like genre of literature but in the best way i just i i see you and i hear you i think it makes sense for miranda july's like persona and this is the first film of hers that she hasn't like also acted in so it makes sense that you still like can really really feel like her she looks like deborah winger though which like yeah you could totally see her been like, hmm, maybe I do a little, huh? And the Evan Rachel Wood glasses <laughs> yes. bit is oh, like yes. very Miranda July. Yeah, so- but I, oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 go. I feel like oh. you're talking the less, the least. I want to, I want to like listening and vibing, just like, yes, yes, I agree with everything. Um, but yeah, no, I, I actually definitely agree with that take because as someone who's only read her like written work and hasn't seen any of her movies, as I was watching it, I was like, this feels so Miranda July, like the way that she writes, like, it's so interesting. Like you're right. It's all the little tiny details that are so weirdly specific that like you normally wouldn't put in a film. Like they're so small and almost insignificant and just like strange, but that's kind of her thing is she just hones in on all these weird, these just tiny little details that when you put them all together, they make a person and I feel like that isn't really, I mean, it is done on film too, but the way that she does it is so specific to like her writing style that like I 100% get what you're saying. 
Yeah, exactly. It's the Mike Mills, Miranda July camp because it's like he does the same thing in his movies. And yeah. it's just like, I feel like I want to be in their home and like know what they're writing. Like, like how are they, like, are they talking about it? <laughs> like, tell me everything. <laughs> they're such a good match. They're like, because like, you know, 90 out of 100 times, anything in that zone just feels like pretentious and overblown right. and too quirky and like so posturing. And like yeah. with both of their work, it, that's not it's the not, case. Yeah. Like this should it's, be it's really pretentious special. and it's yeah. not. I mean, like, come on, come on, is like black and white sending you. Like, you're like, this should be like the biggest pain in the ass. And you're like, oh, this is like gutting. I haven't seen it, but I will take your word for it. Something I really appreciated and didn't expect from this movie is that it was such a coming of age story, even though she's 26. I mean, to the point where it ends on her birthday, that is such a good ending to just a coming of age story. She's coming into herself. She's coming into being an adult without being attached to her parents um, and her first relationship and moving out and her first birthday alone. That's such a coming of age story that I just didn't expect whatsoever. Didn't think that that would be what we get at all, especially with such old actresses. No, wow. Okay. I'm the same age as the characters, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, Usually age out of coming of age when you're 18, I feel like in the movies. And I felt like it was just such a good needed coming of age for adults because we don't really get to have that in movies as much. So I loved it. I thought that was so good because a lot of 25 year olds are still living at home and haven't really had to grow up yet. And I thought that was just so good. So different from the book thing, but it connected it to like a coming of age book to me when you were talking about it. And I just thought about that. And yeah, I really appreciated that about the movie. It does the licorice pizza thing where it's about the phase (laughs) after the coming of age story where it's like, okay, I'm an adult what now yeah Um, yeah but i i really appreciated or i don't know if that's the right word but i i really yeah no i'll say that i I really appreciated the moment when melanie says something about like i've seen addicts like i know how they function and you're like an addict like you're addicted to this weird relationship with your parents and i thought that was so Mm -hmm. interesting because she's clearly unhappy but she's like she's addicted to this toxic relationship, which is how toxic relationships tend to be is like, you just get sucked into them and then you yeah. can't leave them because you rely on them. Or, I mean, they're all she's ever known and they've like completely manipulated her entire life to serve their like heist purposes and not like, it's like she's just serving them as a tool and not as a daughter. And the fact that Melanie is the one that points that out, I just thought mm-hmm. was really, I don't know. I like that they had that element in there because like I think it it justifies why she's been in this for so long and why she hasn't come of age until now because she is like she just can't get out I've been thinking about that line for a week when when old Dolio is fidgeting and she's like you're jonesing like you're freaking Mm -hmm. out right now that is so it was so good because she literally looked like someone coming off of drugs like she was freaking the fuck out and that was just such a good moment between them where obviously no one's going to tell her that because she hasn't had anyone in her life besides her parents. This is the first person that she has let into her life ever. So I thought that that was such a good, such a good moment. I'm so glad you brought that up because I completely forgot as soon as we started recording. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good scene. Yeah. And it's like, you know, her parents expect something from her too. Mm. Um, Like that they, you know, they obviously try to come get her back and it's like they, it's sort of this mutual toxic relationship, but because the parents have each other, they're like able to separate much more easily than Mm. she is. And I love like, I love movies about parental approval and how like you'll never be good (laughs) enough. Um, very in my wheelhouse. And so I think that this is like such a weird, like out of the box exploration of that, where it's like your parents want you to do small town, like LA crimes with you and like show how good you are at like being able to run a scheme. Um, and like you crave that you absolutely mm-hmm. need that and you can't live without mm-hmm. it. And I love that the, the crime is so small and it's yeah, like, they're so, so tiny. It's like, Oh, we're robbing the post office. That scheme though, the scheme it's that so is the central part of the movie is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I was triggered yeah. because my father is a postman. So <laughs> um, I, I really do love it. Like, 
it was so strange to me because I had done like just before this, I had done a rewatch of all of Westworld. So to see uh, Evan Rachel no. Wood in that and then this, I was like, man, she is fucking talented. <laughs> For sure. Oh Love my God. Her. She's um, so good. So yeah. to pivot to our next point, I'm sure we kind of know the answer to this, but what do you think makes this movie underappreciated or underseen? Like, I know I brought up that it was released theatrically during the COVID-19 pandemic, but do y'all have any other thoughts on that maybe? Yeah. I mean, even in, even though there was a little bit of a bidding war out of Sundance on this movie, it was like H24 in focus. Um, like this, it's a weird movie. It's not a crowd pleaser, I would say. So I think like, even if this had been released under like non pandemic circumstances, I cannot see this thing making a ton of money. It's just... Even though the marketing and trailer and poster are so fucking good. But they're good for us. No, I know. I know that. I I completely agree with you. It sucks though because you look at that poster and you're like, why would you not want to go watch this movie? And everyone's like, what the fuck is this movie? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like this was made with the big audience in mind. And so I don't feel like it failed. I just think that it reached its target audience and then and maybe less because of the pandemic, but I am surprised it was even in theaters. It seems very low budget and very straight to a really cool streaming service, if that makes sense. Like in a, in the best way possible, because so many streaming services have wonderful movies that just went to them. But um, it doesn't seem like a movie people, a lot of people would go to the theaters to see because it's for such a niche group. But I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if it really did reach its target audience because I feel like I'm part of its target audience. And I had not heard of this movie <laughs> until mm. we decided to do it for this podcast. So I, I think maybe the marketing was really weak or something because I feel like I usually hear about most movies and I had no idea this existed, especially yeah. when there wasn't that much coming out during the pandemic in 2020. So it's strange to me that this like completely, like I had not heard of it at all. And as soon as I saw the poster and I saw the cast, I was, and I like read the description, I was like, oh my God, this sounds completely like a movie I'm going to love. I didn't watch the trailer because I, I didn't want to, I wanted to go in blind. So I don't Mm -hmm. know like how the trailer is, but you said it was really good. So see, I probably, I probably didn't think of it that way because I do remember this movie coming out and I do remember sitting with the group of people and having it on in the background and not paying attention to it at all because we were talking and all that. So I didn't get to experience the movie in any way, shape or form. It just was on in the room with people that like those type of movies. Uh, And I remember the poster first releasing. So I just figured, but you're probably right. The majority probably didn't see it. And I'm just on annoying film Twitter and so those types of people were posting about it a ton when it first came out but yeah it's uh it's kind of wild that uh yeah i really i really don't think it reached its target demographic because i remember uh i dropped it in the group chat that this was the movie of the week and steph replies wait miranda july in all caps (laughs) (laughs) i was so hyped Yeah. yeah i was just like wow this movie looks fucking awesome why have i never heard of this so thank you for bringing it into my life. Oh, so fun fact. I had almost like seen this in the theater because I was going to fly to Arizona to go watch Tenet and IMAX at the time. And I was like, listen, I'm going to just see every movie that's in the theater because I miss theaters so much. And this was one of them that was playing. But obviously I didn't end up going. So you should have. Oh, I would have I would have loved to see it in a theater. But in many ways, I think that it didn't reach its like intended niche uh target audience because it wasn't on a streaming service. It was in yeah. theaters and then it sort of got slid to VOD. Yeah. And I, yeah. I only saw it when I was doing my like end of year two weeks before January first scramble yep. where you're like, yep. what was everything that was yeah. released that I like have to do? I feel like yeah. Again. I feel yeah. like that's like how we, I don't know which one of us watched it first, but like we both ended up like texting. It was me, but it's fine. <laughs> it was, the eye I want our listeners to know that that was like the biggest eye roll. I was trying just <laughs> to do a bonding thing for us. I was gonna say it was a really bonding moment when the two of us loved this movie so much at it the was. end of the year it because was. not a lot of people had it on their list. <laughs> And we did. This is true. We 
Um, we do, we are so nerdy. The, yes. We get together once a year and sort of do like our personal like Oscar picks or like awards picks of like everything that we saw. Oh, it's so cute and not at all pathetic. <laughs> I not love it. Blame it all. <laughs> um, and Gina Rodriguez was my like best supporting actress winner of this year i remember that very clearly because um problematic online presence notwithstanding she's fucking amazing in this movie and like i i think she's a really good actress and sometimes i wish that she would just quiet. delete all her social media and stop talking yeah. um but like i truly think this is an incredible performance and yeah. it's like such a good like high femme but also like very queer performance yeah. in a way that i feel like i very rarely see yeah. Yeah. i have to highlight reina you fly wanting to fly to vegas to see a movie in imax because during the pandemic i drove six hours to vegas to watch two movies in imax get in my car and drive all the way home um because Damn. I missed movie theaters so much. Oh no, it was not good. I got one Baja freeze <laughs> it was from Taco like Bell. Chaos walking. Oh, right? sh- shut up! It was for <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon. I also happened to see Chaos walking. We do not talk about it. We saw it three um, days I, later in California when the theaters opened. We also saw it three days later. I know. Um, so it was wow. a bad movie. The theaters were empty. I was like, I'm not going to get COVID if I'm the only person going to this movie theater. So I'll go see two movies. And then the movie theaters announced that they were opening in Southern California literally the next week. And I was like, okay, great (laughs) for my cast mileage. But I just respect you almost flying for a movie because I was in that boat too. (laughs) Shout out Vegas. I respect all of you. (laughs) That's incredible. Low-key, I traveled like three hours to go see X yesterday. I mean, the other day. Yeah. yeah, my commitment to movies it's very impressive. knows no bounds. Speaking of driving really far to see a movie, I just found out about a drive-in. This is so off topic, off topic, but I just found out about a drive-in that exists like two hours away from where I live that exclusively plays 35 millimeter horror films. <gasps> oh my Son God. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's like it, Raymond's dream yeah. location. I'm like so excited to check it out because it sounds amazing. They do like themed weekends and marathons every weekend. Like they just did a David Lynch weekend where they just played all David Lynch movies all oh, weekend long. Mm-hmm. And you can just sit in your car or lay in the grass and watch David Lynch movies all day on 35 millimeter. I was like, what the fuck? This sounds incredible. So. Um, that's where I'm going to be. Yeah, Jordan is looking. He's looking. Like he's he looking definitely wow. wants to go. Yeah. Like, he looks so pressed right now. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> make a trip. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I'm so yeah. excited to check it out. I am just a a fucking sucker for anything that says millimeter after it. So it's like. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I, it's like i'll go out there for licorice pizza in 70 millimeter i'll see x in 35 millimeter i'll see yep. listen i big fan of the uh, metric uh, system yeah, over listen, here. listen i had no interest in seeing the first wonder woman when it was out but they're like 70 millimeter and i was like i'm death on the nile in 70 oh let's go God, I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to see that so bad low-key <laughs> I basically lived at the New Beverly when I was in Southern California because every time they're like, oh, come on, we're going to show it in 70 or 35. I'd drive the hour and a half to go to that stupid little theater and watch my stupid little Quentin Tarantino movies. And (laughs) (laughs) we are very, very spoiled because we live relatively close to the New Beverly and we have visited it many a time. So good. Wow. Way to flex. I what can I, I say? Los Angeles. I almost baby. saw those like shirts like break off. That's how hard y'all were flexing. <laughs> Raina, you can buttons talk. were popping. <laughs> the buttons were popping off, going like, yeah, I live in LA. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this movie's very underappreciated, very underground. Uh it's got very peculiar tastes. I just got a little tidbit, so I'm going to read off just because I think it's super interesting. But even though we covered some of them. So first and foremost, that was indeed Evan Rachel Wood's natural voice, which is fucking wild to me. Uh, yeah. I know. Uh, it's I'm like crazy. That it's still. like it's it's so low that you like have to hear it to believe mm-hmm. it. But it, it also really feels right like it feels like yeah. yeah she seems so in her element and i'm like is this like who she is as a person if she <laughs> walked up to me at a bar with a voice but like how she normally looks half of the time i'll be like okay 
Hey. Oh, we're going oh, home together. Yeah, Let me tell you. <laughs> All the That goddamn suit is so hot. Yeah. Oh my god. But like the super outdated yes. 80s oversized big suit. Yes. Rolled yeah. up, big glasses. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And Rachel Wood in a suit, you know. That's an instant. Nothing better. She is one of the sort of like one of the actresses who like helped to pioneer like women's suits on the runway. Definitely not the only one. There's tons of them. Did you guys see that article about that, about women in suits on the red carpet? Oh, yeah. Listen, women in suits. Like, I don't know what to say. I know that it's Wait, like. Are you so- talking about the one that said um, being like lesbian fashion is taking over and everyone's like, is it gay to wear clothes? Like, yeah. <laughs> the headline said like lesbian, like it's fashionable to dress like a lesbian on the red carpet yes. now. And everyone's yeah. like, what? Lesbians on Mars? Lesbians on red carpets? I, it's so funny. Cause I know it's so basic, like, oh God, women in suits. Oh, I'm so gay. But like, I am so gay and women in suits, but I don't think it's specific. It's so weird. Cause it's like, that is like a perfect example of like, you think that you understand like film Twitter speak, but like I'm so gay for women in suits is not the same thing as wearing a suit is dressing like a lesbian. Like right. it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. We already discussed the bidding war. We discussed the COVID release. Uh, we discussed, Miranda July's first tutorial effort in which she does not act in it. Um, so the last tidbit I have on it is it was nominated for a 2021 Glad Media Award. Should have won. I want to know who it lost to. I'm going to... Yeah, please find out. Let me find out. Yeah, I'm curious. Live reveal. Okay, 2021 Glad Media Award. Let's see. Um, it lost to the boys in the band. Pretty big nomination lineup. I'm surprised how many of... Uh, how many movies there are. Ammonite made it in here. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty good lineup. Boys in the Band, Ammonite, and then we danced. Uh, the half of it, I Carry You With Me, Kajillionaire, The Life Ahead, which I have never heard of, uh, Lingua Franca, uh, Franca, sorry. I'm sorry, Isabel Sandoval. Uh, Monsoon, and The True Adventures of Wolf Boy, which if you haven't seen, is a very adorable movie that literally two people in the world have seen. But I am one of those people. It's really cute. What about Lava Girl? Which one? Lava Girl. No, no Lava Girl. Do, do I have no. brainworms yeah. and I have like never heard of any of those? Is that a new watch list? It's a pretty, it's, pretty it's a it's a very like uh, underground indie queer list with a couple exceptions. I think because it's the 2021-2020 list yeah, of like just crazy underground stuff. Definitely going to be looking into some of those. Anybody have any closing thoughts, Congillionaire? Um something that you haven't said that you're just dying to get off your chest um what a great title right so, so good. incredible they say it in the movie which is always <laughs> a like, delight they did, it. they did the thing they said the word <laughs> ah. yes. um they never said good. chaos walking in that movie <laughs> thank god i'm sure they do actually <laughs> what are we chaos yeah. walking so I really liked, we don't have to get into it. I really liked the whole big one subplot, um, them waiting for the big one. As someone that grew up in Southern California, I spent a lot of my childhood, like one day, I, I was in San Diego, one day we're going to break off and we're not going to be part of California. We're going to be in the ocean. I spent like a lot of my childhood thinking about the big one. So I really appreciated also the part where she thinks that she died. So good. Oh my God. That was such a good moment. I was actually kind of confused because I'm, I live on the East coast and I've lived here my whole life and I've never experienced an earthquake. And I was like, what are they talking about? What's the big one? Like, I was like, what it, it was like, is this a real thing? Or is this like some weird, like surreal magical realism thing no, it, happening? It, it, the fault line thing. is going to kill everyone in Southern California, basically. Oh, <laughs> so. uh, there's going to be an Island called Southern California in, in the Pacific ocean <laughs> one mm-hmm. day. Awesome. Cool. One, one day. day. <laughs> Like, we'll all be on the island disconnected. Well, Madison won't. But I escaped the big one. But me, Jordan, and Brooke will be in the ocean on our own island. Well, if we just watch this movie, we'll learn about human tenderness again. So human connection will be there, you yeah. know? <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we, we did a good job. I mean, it's sort of a nice end note. But I think, like, the final moment of this movie, when uh, they're in Target returning... $500 worth of stuff to start 
an entirely new life and like the uh like checkout counter clicks to 500 as they start kissing mm. and Mr. Lonely starts playing is just like that's what you want mm, out of cinema. cinema. So it gives you like the soundtrack, that. but the soundtrack so we haven't like touched on the soundtrack. Oh fucking God, yes. it's, it's it works. Oh, no good. Yeah, yeah. But nice to see representation uh, on sound. You know, Mr. Lonely. Mr. Lonely. Really see. <laughs> it's the trailer song too. I want to yeah, say, yeah. yeah. Um, it's so good. It's like it really does give you that like dopamine rush. You're like, yeah, this is like what filmmaking is. Like, it's nothing fancy. It's very just it's like just effective. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it makes me happy. It's a great example of the craft and everyone should see it. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that in that moment, no one in the target looks at them or acknowledges them. It's like, they're just kind of in their own world and like nothing else matters. And I just, I thought that was a, a neat little detail, but yeah. Agree. Like, what a great way to end a movie. Love it. What a great way to end our podcast, too. Um, Jordan, Brooke, where can everyone find you guys? And what, do you guys have something exciting in the works? Go ahead. Self-plug away, please. Yeah. Um, you can find us mostly on Twitter. I'm a Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And we're together on the podcast at Queer Quadrant. And you can find the Queer Quadrant itself on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and basically anywhere else you care to get your podcast. We do have some exciting stuff coming up. Can I ask when this episode is releasing? So I it can tell you. It will be for like three to four weeks. We have like a bunch in the chamber okay cool so we will probably be in the middle of a nice random month of april but like a good time overall um come on over and see what we're queuing up and get excited for that big summer series we mentioned that's a little mm-hmm. that's a little tease for you for yes we like to tease <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, be sure to go check out those American Psycho and Hereditary episodes. But then Madison, where can everyone find you? Yes, I am on Twitter, Twitch and Instagram at Maddie Amadala underscore Amadala. Um, I have another podcast called the Night Sisters podcast, and that's on Spotify and Apple. And season two is coming out and we're focusing on the women and the Star Wars fandom and their contributions and what they do to make the fandom special um and you can follow us on twitter at night sisters pod wonderful steph i know you got a lot to promote hello yes uh you can find me on twitter and instagram and letterbox and tiktok at steph coza you can find my youtube channel which is steph coza versus the movies um where i do movie commentary and reviews and all sorts of fun things i just did a very fun series on euphoria if anyone's a fan of that show that chaotic mess of a show. I just did uh, a video for every episode, like a full reaction. And it was very, very fun. Um, And I also just did one for Assassination Nation, which we talked about previously on the podcast. Uh, It hasn't come out yet, but it probably will be out by the time this episode is out. So definitely check it out. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Listen, Steph, I know you're excited for X just because Sam Levinson is attached to it. I didn't even know that he was attached to it before, but that is contributing to my excitement. But also, he he can go either way, you know? Like, Euphoria yeah, is kind of a mess. He's only a producer, but it's got big Sam Levinson energy. See, that could be good or that bad. That could also go yeah. either way. Uh, yeah. Let me rephrase. It's got Levinson energy, but directed by somebody else and written by somebody else. He's a good director. He's just a horrible writer, so... I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he needs someone to like reel him in. So I like the cinematography when he's directing. Yeah, he needs to have a writer's room at all times. So that's my for sure. One hundred percent. I'm willing to be one of the trans voices that writes Euphoria season three. Hit me up, Sam. Let's Hell collab. Yeah. You can find me on all socials at JFC Doomblade. You can find my work being published pretty regularly all over the web. I just had like a giant piece come out about the first Resident Evil for Fangoria.com. And uh, let me tell you the research that went into that one. I basically like I, I, I'm not the first to unearth it, but I found a copy of George Romero's Resident Evil script and like read through it. And that was a doozy. But you can find our pod at Windsor Film Club. We are available on Apple and Spotify. Uh, I know these episodes are taking longer, but, you know, we'll get into the weekly schedule. Right? Right? I'm like looking okay, it yeah, up. Yeah. I'm like, right? Oh, yeah. Right? 
Um, we'll have some cool announcements coming up. That's a little tease. And yeah, you can just always find us on this corner of the web. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.